0: Ineffably Yours, Part 1, by Secondhand News. Read by Shiny Mathem. Chapter 15 Last Night I Dreamt That Somebody Loved Me. September 2018, Crowley's Apartment, London. Crowley woke to find his face nestled in his EARFIELD'S neck, an arm slung casually over the angel's chest. He closed his eyes as gently as he'd opened them, trying to keep his body stock still, anything to prolong that moment, to pretend it wasn't the first and last time he would wake up in his angel's arms holding him close. With his mind's usual merry-go-round of guilt temporarily halted, Crowley realized he was happy, miraculously so. Aziraphale's eyes fluttered open just as a chink of sunlight stole its way through a gap in the curtains and painted the room with the golden light of dawn. Dappled shadows drew a checkerboard pattern across the bed, early morning warmth kissing their skin. Aziraphale looked down, saw Crowley's eyes were still closed, and drew silent messages with his fingertips on the demon's back until he saw those dark lashes twitch. You weren't supposed to be back for two days, Aziraphale mused as he shifted position to rest his cheek against Crowley's head, the words half lost in the demon's hair. I can leave again if you like. At the sound of Crowley's voice, low and sleepy, Aziraphale felt his teeth dig into his bottom lip. He thought of what Gabriel had told him, the threats heaven had promised tried not to think about Crowley's cool skin pressed against his, leaving fire in its wake. You are exactly where you're supposed to be. Thank you. Crowley untangled himself from the angel's grip, sat up against the headboard and stretched his legs out under the duvet, tested the water by letting his thigh rest casually against his Aziraphale's. For looking after the plants, I mean. Any time. "'I'm getting quite good with them now.' Aziraphale paused, considered doing nothing more mentally taxing than spending the rest of the morning curled up around Crowley. Under the duvet, his fingers hovered inches from Crowley's thigh. He marveled at what it might feel like to touch him so freely. Then the thought of holy water searing across his skin swelled in the darkest corners of his imagination, and he pulled his hand back. "'Everything all right, angel?' Crowley asked, feeling Aziraphale tense next to him. Tea? Yes, yes, everything's fine. Better than fine. The best, really. Tea would be splendid. As Crowley padded out toward the kitchen, bare feet slapping against the wooden floor, Aziraphale watched him leave with a heavy sigh. He had spent the last week deliberating whether or not he should tell him about the keynote announcements at the end of the conference. He hadn't had a chance to work through them in his own head, let alone try and articulate to Crowley what they might mean. On the surface, of course, it sounded a lot like hope, the idea that the fallen could be forgiven. It could mean the end of everything that made their situation so dangerous it could mean they had a chance. If that announcement had come two months previously, he wouldn't have stopped to question it for a second. But it hadn't, and lately he found himself questioning everything that Heaven said. He just needed time, that was all, and he would think of something. He always had a plan, eventually, just needed to ruminate on it for long enough, and the answer would drop into his lap. Perhaps he could find time to meet with Raphael alone, and find out the specifics of the Repentance and Rehabilitation Program, or the R&R, as it was already becoming known in Heaven. It was suspiciously timed, announced moments after Gabriel had made his threats, but the desperate need for it to be genuine tugged at him. As he agonized over whether it would be the perfect moment to tell Crowley, the demon backed into the room. "'carrying a wide wooden tray that was heaving with every conceivable breakfast food, "'most of which Aziraphale had stocked the fridge with the day before. "'Seemed like a breakfast-in-bed kind of morning,' Crowley explained, "'setting the tray down on top of the duvet and climbing back into bed, "'his eyes flicking to Aziraphale as he attempted to gauge his reaction. "'Was it too much, too soon?' He knew Aziraphale's proclivity to take things at a snail's pace only too well. It had taken six thousand years to get to the point of him staying over not once, but twice in a single month. Perhaps breakfast in bed was pushing it. Aziraphale bit into a buttery, flaky croissant, watched Crowley carefully pour out two cups of tea as sunlight filtered in through the windows and bathed him in light. He wondered how it was possible that he was ever cast out of heaven, would never be convinced that the demon had anything other than goodness at his core. It seemed such an overwhelming injustice that he remained in heaven, cowardly and compliant, while Crowley, whose only crime was curiosity, was bound to hell for eternity. He'd heard what hell was like from the rumor mill up in heaven— from those carefully chosen diplomats who made their way down there every few hundred years. Beyond comprehension, they had said. Every moment spent down there pulled you closer to utter despair, hopelessness oozing out of every crevice. He thought of his Crowley, who approached every dog he met with a smile that inevitably fell when they sensed his cursed soul and growled at him, who fitted so perfectly in his arms as they slept, who had been so patient with him for all these long years. He tried to imagine him spending another second in hell. It was almost too much to stand. He knew then that he would do whatever it took to take him away from that place, to build a world where every morning could be breakfast-in-bed kind of morning. He just needed time. You had a champagne reception and canapes, "'We had lukewarm celery and Elizabeth Bathory doing a cappella covers of songs from the 14th century. "'You know how I feel about the 14th century.' "'Crowley thrust his head back against the sofa cushions to reinforce just how much he hated the 14th century, in case there was any doubt. "'Ziraphale had never understood why he had such resentment for the time period. "'It had been the birth of the Renaissance, at least.' "'All style, no substance. That's Heaven's problem,' Aziraphale sighed, weary as he recounted the announcement of the impending rapture, liberated as he openly spoke out against Heaven for the first time, liked the way the quiet rebellion made him feel. "'You should have seen it, Crowley. Lasers on stage, honestly. "'Gabriel does like to make a spectacle of himself. "'So when is the next celestial disaster booked in for, exactly?' Curly popped the last half of a cracker laden with cheese into his mouth, closed his eyes in appreciation of the sharp, salty taste. Twenty-twenty. They didn't say much other than that. More news soon, apparently. The whole thing was quite tiresome, everybody hollering as if it was the best thing they had heard all millennium. It probably was. Rapture is what you've all been waiting for, isn't it? Aziraphale shrugged. "'Took a sip from his wine-glass. "'I suppose. "'Sounds a bit dull, though, doesn't it? "'Eternal Paradise?' "'The sound of music ad nauseum, I already told you.' "'Crowley opened his mouth to slur his way through "'climb every mountain, "'then saw the look on the Aziraphale's face "'and thought better of it. "'Don't start with all that. "'You know how I feel about singing nuns. Mm, not up to snuff with the chattering ones.' crowley smiled thinking back to the nuns at st beryl's he'd always had a soft spot for them they treated him to the best biscuits whenever he'd visited pre antichrist delivery by the time the wine was drunk and the cheese demolished darkness had cloaked the sky and neither angel nor demon could put off saying goodbye any longer They'd managed to stretch their stolen time together into a full day of lazing on the sofa and munching their way through a staggering amount of cheese as they set the world to rights, carefully dodging subjects they knew would lead to heartache. We've been here before, Crowley said, his voice low, as they stood facing each other in the doorway of his apartment. He looked down at Aziraphale's face, gaze roving over the angel's blue eyes, trusting and sweet that open, hopeful smile that made him believe there was a future they could exist in. And yet, we have to say goodbye once more. Zerophel took a step forward, found one hand snaking around Crowley's neck, pulling him close. He rested his temple against the demon's cheek, closed his eyes to focus on nothing other than breathing him in. This feels like the big one, as it were. "'It's only temporary, Angel. It only ever is.' "'Crowley pressed his forehead to Aziraphale's, "'thinking how easy it would be to take his hand, "'to tempt him and to stay, "'knowing he would regret not doing so "'the moment the door closed and he was left with nothing but memories. "'I'll think of something, I promise. "'I will always find a way to get back to you.' "'And then Aziraphale was gone.' footsteps disappearing down the hallway and Crowley was alone again.